This podcast is brought to you by the Accredited Snow Contractors Association. With industry standards-based certification, a discounted insurance program, networking events, and legislative efforts that strengthen the professional snow and ice management industry, your ASCA membership never stops working for you. Join today at ASCAonline.org. This is Mike Zwacky, editor of Snow Magazine. It's the first full week of a new year, and a lot of snow contractors are lamenting on social media about the disappointing winter we've had so far and the lack of snow and ice events in general. Regardless of your contract portfolio, the lack of workable events weighs on your bottom line and, at the very least, takes a toll on your psyche. Too little and even too much winter takes a toll on your bottom line. My guest is a solution that could save your snow ops from going bust during an inclement winter. Robert Holmes is the owner of Kansas City-based Spectrum Weather Insurance Solutions. And just as the title suggests, Bob provides weather risk solutions to a broad portfolio of snow industry clients. In a nutshell, Spectrum offers insurance against not only a heavy or a light winter, but any combination in between. While weather insurance means funds to keep your ops in the black, at the very least, it's an insurance policy that pays out in peace of mind. I think a, a real good question to start out on is just what exactly this is. Is it a product? Is it a tool? Is it a service? I think there's a little bit of confusion in the industry about just what this does. So how do you best define what you bring to the industry? Well, I think, you know, the um, the product itself, you know, is it a product, a service, or a tool? I, I would refer to it more as a risk management tool. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows a snow contractor to... Uh, eliminate much of uh, the unknown regarding what Mother Nature will bring throughout the course of the winter. You know, like most insurance, it's it's done to protect against, uh, you know, more extreme scenarios rather than something that occurs, you know, every other year. But it's certainly a valuable tool to, to take out, you know, the risk of a really heavy snow winter or a winter with uh, an extremely light snowfall total. And then, you know, there's some other nuances as well as we continue to develop products to address uh, uh, extremes in snowfall. Mm -hmm. Can you um, uh, elaborate a little bit on those extreme scenarios you're talking about and how this tool can keep contractors or give contractors, I should say, uh, a better ability to manage uh, winter's unpredictable nature? Because that's really the huge issue that contractors face. It's, uh, is it going to snow or isn't it going to snow? Well, exactly. Uh, you know, what um, What we can do is, is let's take a look at, say, say, the Boston area, right? We've had, uh, you know, certainly uh, some light winters in Boston. We've had some heavy winters in Boston. And so if you're pushing snow in the Boston area, you know, you've, you've kind of have to say, well, in, uh, in 2012, there was only about nine inches of snow that winter. Three years later, 2014-15 winter was 110 inches. So how, as a business owner, can you, you know, actively and, and you know, with some sort of uh, 
you know, solidity to your um, estimates, how can you how can you plan for a winter like that when you know those are the you know the two very possible scenarios? So, for instance, if you're a contractor that either has a majority of uh, seasonal contracts, fixed price seasonal, or perhaps has uh, just uh, a few large seasonal contracts, you can purchase an insurance policy that will pay a claim back if, for instance, Boston gets more than, you know, 75 inches of snow mm-hmm. in a winter. And, uh, you know, their, their average is right around 50 or so. But, um, you know, 75 inches would probably cause some, uh, you know, uh, increased expenses that were unforeseen. Some distress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and that, that claim payment is, is what we call incremental. So the more it snows, the higher the claim. So the idea then is to mirror the policy to reflect your anticipated expenses on a very heavy snow winter. On the other side, you know, you could certainly uh, have a policy that uh, if there weren't at least 30 inches of snowfall uh, in Boston, uh, that the policy would pay, you know, for your supposedly lack of revenue generation. Right. If you've got a majority of your contracts are per push or time and materials or by the hour, you know, you get you get paid when you perform services. And if you have a winter where, you know, you only have nine point three inches of snow, you know, you're not going to get paid much at all. In fact, that winter, an inch of that even occurred in October. Mm -hmm. So it probably just melted. And uh, so, you know, you're really, your winter was based on about eight inches of snowfall. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the policy's there to uh, respond to those types of winters. And again, it's incremental. So, uh, you know, the, the lower the snowfall total, the higher the claim payment. It, it just allows you to, you know, continue to uh, make your overhead payments, pay your, pay your people, pay, you know, your capital costs uh, for, you know, capital goods. And, uh, you know, might very well keep you afloat from one winter to the next. Mm-hmm. Is this a product for everyone, or is there a typical uh, snow contractor profile who, who uses a tool like this? Well, it's really a product for everyone. I would say currently the majority of those that are purchasing the coverage are probably in the top 250 as far as size goes. But, uh, you know, if you're operating a, a relatively small operation with, you know, a handful of trucks and you know, eight employees or something, your risk is just the same. It's just relatively smaller. So whereas, you know, a very large company might buy, uh, you know, a significantly sized insurance policy, you, a smaller operation might buy a policy that has a limit, you know, one-tenth as much, one-twentieth as much, because that's what it takes to keep their business afloat. Can you, I know this is, especially when you're, when you're dealing with, you know, everybody's different, every contractor's operation is different, so it's probably difficult to pinpoint a number, but can you ballpark the investment required by a contractor? You know, what does, what is the span of cost for me as a contractor to uh, uh, acquire a tool like this? Um, it is going to be, you know, of course, relative to the size of the policy. The minimum policy premium is a thousand dollars. So if it's something you wanted, you know, plan to spend at least a thousand dollars. But in reality, you know, uh, you know, average premiums are probably at least ten times that, if not more, for the companies that are purchasing. What I tell people is plan to spend somewhere between ten and fifteen percent of the limit of the policy. So that said, if you know. 
a hundred thousand dollar policy uh, most are going to spend between ten and fifteen thousand dollars for that coverage now that's a little bit of a misnomer because you can certainly spend more or less you know if you want a policy that addresses even the most extreme scenarios mm-hmm. like Boston for instance if you wanted a a 90-inch and above policy versus a 75-inch and above policy, you may very well be paying far less than 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, your coverage doesn't provide a claim until much more severe winter. So the idea then is when, um, you know, discussing with the contractor their needs, we make sure we provide them with several different options with several different premiums so that they can make the choice. You know, do they want to spend you know, 16, 17, 18 percent, or do they want to spend five, six, or seven percent based on their current needs, their current, you know, cash flow situation, their current, you know, uh, liabilities uh, that, you know, could be uh, in danger if the winter were, you know, uh, uh, quite extreme. So it's a, it's, it's more than just taking a call from a contractor and turning around and giving a quote. It's more about the discussion. What is their what is their concern? What are their needs? You know, and is, is it a very extreme winter or something that's a little bit more common? And uh, we want to make sure that we're giving them, you know, options to address all of those. If I'm on the fence about uh, trying something like this or, 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 or attempting to integrate this into my overall operation or my overall business outlook, uh, how would you recommend I get my feet wet with a, a, a tool like this? Well, you know, the, the beauty of the, uh, the insurance is that, you know, unlike customers, uh, you know, property insurance, where they may mm-hmm. have $3 million in property between buildings and vehicles, et cetera. And then, you know, in that case, they would have to insure all $3 million. With the snowfall insurance, you are free to insure as much or as little of your risk as you choose. So you might be considering the policy, but that doesn't mean you have to insure all, you know, $150,000 that you might lose on an extreme winter. Maybe you just want to try it and do, uh, you know, a $50,000 policy, a $25,000 policy. Mm-hmm. I think those that use it most successfully are those that they kind of take the concept a little bit beyond just protecting their own interests, and they start to say, well, how can I take the insurance policy and maybe embed that into my contract type? And then it becomes part of their business model, right, where they're offering something that their client likes from a contract standpoint, uh, maybe removing caps on seasonals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it, they're, they're either embedding premium price into the contract or they're sharing part of that premium price and they're protecting their own assets at the same time. Mm-hmm. So those that kind of make that jump from just looking at it as, you know, if we don't get enough snow, we get a claim payment to if I can take this and embed it into a contract and work with my current clientele and perhaps win new clientele by doing something different than my competitors, then that's where the payoff really starts to show. Okay, walk me through the process of how you would work with me or, or a contractor to to get set up with this for my uh, operations, let's say, for next winter. At what point do you and I want to start to discuss a strategy for uh, winter 2019-20? You know, the um, the very first 
step is always going to be the conversation. Let's have the conversation about, you know, why are you even interested in this? Uh, have you had an experience in the past that uh, still haunts you? Uh, are you looking towards something for this winter that, you know, let's say you're bidding on uh, the largest contract you ever had, and if you receive that contract, you've got an exorbitant amount of risk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first of all, we have the conversation about, you know, why we are going to uh, look into it. And then we continue that conversation into, you know, what type of risk are we looking at? What type of options are available? And it's it's a very, you know, those first stages, um, you know, involve phone calls. Mm-hmm. And um, then typically we'll look at, you know, historic costs or historic revenues and uh, determine, you know, how, how is snow, the actual amount of snowfall, impacted those um, those expenses or revenues and that provides kind of the basis of how we're going to you know build this policy uh, you know that's represented for for their particular needs you know it's somewhat beneficial that um, you know I'm a I'm ASCA certified because I understand uh, you know what the uh, the contractor is going through for the most part mm-hmm. you know uh, not to the point where I'm actually out plowing snow every winter but you know going through that process really helped me to, to have a better understanding of the industry and so you know during that conversation um, it, it can prove to be uh, you know valuable and so once we have that conversation we decide okay here's some options we may want to take a look at you know, then what I do is I go out to the insurance market and uh, obtain quotes. And then I come back to my clients with the, uh, the best rates that were available. Then it's another discussion about, you know, uh, are these, is, is something, one of these options, you know, what you have, uh, you know, is there, is there an affordability issue? Do we make some tweaks um, and changes to, that might affect premium and, and other coverage aspects to make it even a better fit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not so much as, you know, I, I get calls all the time from, you know, somebody in, say, you know, I, I don't know, Pittsburgh, PA, and they say, what's it cost? Well, <laughs> you know, we the, the question about what's it cost is, is really several steps down the road. The first question is, what do you need and, you know, how could we put something together and then we'll go out and see what it costs. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like ideally I want to get through the majority of this process with you prior to contract renewal slash selling season, you know, early to mid-summer then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think those that... uh, that find it the most useful are the ones that we're having conversations with in May and June, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or perhaps even July. Uh, once September and October rolls around, you know, it's more a question of how much insurance do you need. So that said is maybe we decide on what's best for you, uh, you know, on June 15th. And, uh, but the actual details aren't known as far as the, you know, the size of the policy because you haven't gone through your sales cycle yet. Mm-hmm. And so what we looked at in June as a possibility, maybe we have to do something one and a half times larger because sales were great or, you know, half as big because sales weren't uh, so great. So, yeah, it's important to have the conversations as soon after the previous winter is over because, you know, we have the most recent data so we can start quoting again. But, you know, you want to make sure you have those numbers in front of you so that, 
you can go ahead and start the sales process, especially if you plan on using those numbers to create some sort of you know unique contract uh, for your company versus your competitors mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And you always want to make sure too that and and you know I'm diligent about this is any quotes that we get in May or June, we want to make sure that the carrier will keep those quotes active and alive, you know, into November. Because you, know, you don't want to get into a situation where, you know, you get quotes issued by a company that are good for 30 days, you plan on that, and then, you know, on October 25th, when you plan on buying policy, you find the rates have changed. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has occurred in the past that we, you know, we avoid now. Uh-huh. Um, it's just not, uh, I don't know, I don't understand why that a carrier would do that, but um, uh, they have. And so actually at Spectrum, we no longer work with that carrier. So, mm-hmm. um, On the flip side, let's say I am looking at my uh, ops now midseason, you know, we're at the, ter- the end of the year, start of a new year traditionally looked at as kind of the midpoint of winter and I want to um, uh, beef up my ability to cover a loss. Maybe the forecast for the second half of winter is looking aggressive or it's looking like I'm going to spend more time on the golf course than I am on the job site. Um, how quickly can I can I get this applied to my ops? So find yourself kind of midwinter and the first half has been uh you know challenging to say the least we can certainly put you know a coverage in place for the remainder of the winter you're going to whenever you pay your premium your coverage is going to start 10 days after that mm-hmm. let's say um you know we had a conversation on uh january 2nd of 2019 and we kind of you know have those initial conversations we go out, I get you quotes back uh, by January 7, let's say. You know, if you were to purchase the policy on January 7, your coverage could start on January 17. The, the process really allows for some conversation and then some time to get the quotes and then some time for consideration because I never really want a client to feel rushed, but there certainly is a... Uh, a bit of urgency because if you manage to get in on that January, say, 17th date and it snows like crazy on the 18th, that snowfall will count as part of your policy versus if you uh, take a little bit too much time and don't bind your coverage until the 10th, in which case you would start on the 20th and a massive snowstorm on the 18th would not be covered or included in the policy as far Mm -hmm. as the snowfall count. So it's in the best interest to move quickly but you also have to offset that. You don't want to make a rush decision either. So allow yourself, you know, three, four days for conversations, getting quotes and for consideration, and then your, your coverage will start, you know, 10 days after that. So it's kind of like a 15-day, you know, uh, window of opportunity, if you will. Okay. Without naming names, can you offer uh, a success story or success scenario where this tool uh, worked as it was intended to work? Oh, certainly. Uh, there was a winter in the Midwest where, you know, there were massive amounts of snowfall, Chicago, Detroit, et cetera. So several clients, you know, received payments basically to cover their promised, you know, services to be rendered on their seasonal contracts, right? Mm-hmm. I think Detroit had 95 inches. Uh, Chicago was, you know, in the, I think, 
something. I mean, it was uh, it was a pretty massive winter. And so if you're if you're holding you know seasonal contracts like these contractors were, you know you're going to continue to perform the, perform those services. You know the uh, the insurance payment was a relief to kind of you know cover uh, the majority of those expenses um, or all of them in some cases. You know it. Uh, I remember seeing one of my clients at a at an industry event. Uh, opening reception, and I asked if I could uh, buy them an adult beverage at the bar, <laughs> and uh, the the response was, uh, "No, we will be buying your adult <laughs> beverage at the bar because without the policy, it would have been a very very tough year." And um, you know, so those are relatively commonplace. You know, each and every year there is, uh, you know, in Chicago a couple years ago had a very very light winter, so you know there was uh, you know payments made out in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to clients and. In um, in Chicago, um, just to cover their lack of revenue on, mm-hmm. the, on, on a winter like that, you know. So um, and there's even been times where you know I, I I typically call my clients about midwinter just to kind of see how everything's going and make sure we're kind of on the same ballpark as, as the amount of snow that's fallen so far. And uh, one particular year, this was another Chicago client. They had had very very little snow, and I, I think we were talking about oh twenty January or something when we were making this call. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, you know, we don't we we haven't been pushing snow hardly at all. Um, haven't been uh, you know throwing material. I mean, it's just been a, a very warm and and dry winter. And uh, he said, but you know what? I sleep at night because I know I have that policy. If this continues. I will receive a claim payment, and um, shortly after that, probably ten days after that, you know things kind of switched over, and uh, I think Chicago that year ended up with about thirty inches of snow. Mm-hmm. You know, still under the uh, the you know, the average, but it was certainly enough snow where the client was able to uh, you know make some money and, and breathe a little easier. But you know, the idea is the policy allows you to concentrate on things you can control. And uh, Mother Nature certainly is not that. So, um, you know, having that in place means you you sleep at night. What are some some maybe hang-ups or negative points that contractors need to be aware of about this product? I guess what I'm trying to get at is um, how do contractors maybe miss uh, look or misuse this and it could affect them negatively? I wouldn't say it would really affect them negatively just because having insurance in place and not lose or not using it is not necessarily losing money. Right. We all right. we all have insurance for various aspects, property, et cetera, that you know, we're more than happy not to file a claim. Yeah, I never want to crash and, my car. <laughs> that's exactly right. And so we have a situation where, you know, what happens unfortunately is people will request quotes, you know, in mid October. Mm-hmm. And when there's no budget for this, you know, heading into winter. And so when they want, uh, you know, a million-dollar policy and it's $115,000 in premium, that's a pretty big sticker shock, mm-hmm. okay? If everything started earlier and they were able to, you know, properly budget for that and embed it into, you know, their line-item costs for doing business, it becomes a different scenario. So the ones that use it most successfully are the ones that actually plan on using it every year. Price and details may change, but it's part of their business model. It's the ones who say, you know what, um, I think this winter uh, I just have a gut feeling 
uh, or, you know, I just saw a weather forecast for the season and uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy the policy. And as we all know, seasonal weather forecasts are not very accurate for the most part or because, you know, they had a particular uh, gut feeling or what have you. They spent, you know, $10,000 in premium and it turned out the winner was just fine and so they considered the 10000 a waste of money. That's not the way to really look at this. Mm-hmm. The way to look at it is how can it help your company and how can it, can, you know, uh, separate you from your competitors. And yes, the cost is significant, but the benefits are also significant. You know, we've just talked about, you know, uh, extremes in seasonal snowfall, but we can drill down and do just big, you know, just cover like blizzard clauses. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's uh, the policy pays for every 12-inch snowfall throughout the winter. We can do it based on the number of events, although that, you know, the event definition is, you know, catamount to the policy language. So we have to be very careful there, but we can do it event-wise, whether it be a blizzard, whether it be a number of two-inch events, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We can do running day totals, you know, how much snow falls over a 15-day running day period. Um, and if that's, you know, it's kind of like a blizzard clause, only that all the snow doesn't have to fall, you know, in one chunk. It can be over a two-week period. So there's lots of different ways we can look into this, and, you know, uh, and, and a contractor can use it. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that bought a lot of salt this winter. Mm. Are they going to be using all that salt? You know, there's in some, it's it's been relatively quiet snow-wise. You know, we started out with a bang in November, but mm-hmm. December's been really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. And so are there people sitting there with, uh, you know, uh, 150,000 tons of salt that they had hoped to sell? That's another risk um, that can be addressed. And so there's there's all these different scenarios, you know, that you use them to market your product, you know, give a rebate if it's a light winter to your clients and a rebate in services for next year covered by the insurance policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can get very, very creative. And we're working on a couple of uh, uh, new products, hopefully will be available for next winter that, um, you know, are more monetary based where you're allowed, you're assigned some dollar amount for each type of event, whether it's, you know, a zero to two inches, two to four, four to six, and then we tally up the dollars at the end of the year, and if that dollar amount is over uh, the predefined uh, threshold, then there's a claim payment. So we're constantly trying to evolve and solve market problems, uh, you know, the industry problems, and, um, you know, the idea then is come and have the discussion about, you know, what can be done versus just buying a one-off because you have a gut feeling or, and then afterwards, after the winter, if you don't get a claim payment, you know, uh, talking like that was a big failure and a waste of money because it really wasn't. It was there to help you if need be. That's kind of the biggest struggle that uh, that we have is, is people look at it uh, as a gamble versus, um, you know, creating stability. I always say the biggest gamble is not to have it. By not having it, you're really gambling because then it's up to Mother Nature. 